0: You have your Bibles, turn with me to 2 Timothy 4, and we're gonna begin reading and or we're gonna read verse 5. 2 Timothy 4 in verse 5. And this is, this is I wasn't really planning on it, but as the day went on, I, I and I just I, I got directed to um do like a part two from last week. Last week, you know, if you were here, I talked about uh, you know, from Christmas to the cross and how we could use this time of the year uh, to not only uh, celebrate the birth of Jesus, but remember know we talked about focusing on uh the reason he was born uh you know was to die and and his purpose to come to earth was the cross and salvation and so I unpack talked about the cross and how we can be evangelistic and so tonight actually it's like a part two and I want to give tonight I'm going to give you some very practical ways of how to be evangelistic because a lot of times when we say hey you need to go and share the gospel with people some people's like man where you find that in your bible you know where I don't, I'm not a, you know, you might, you might, so tonight I want to give you some very, very practical ways that not only during this holiday season, but I just felt like, you know what, I know it's a little unorthodox for the Christmas season to be talking about evangelism, uh, but I think it's a good opportunity, right? You always, and we're going to look at it tonight. It's a good opportunity. People are talking about, you know, the birth of Jesus and, and talking about Jesus. Some people have uh, never talked, you know, don't really talk about Jesus throughout the rest of the year might talk about at least baby Jesus during Christmas, right? So 2 Timothy 4 and 5 says this, work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you Uh, For the good news, we thank you for the gospel. Lord, we thank you that many of us in this room tonight are saved because of the good news of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And we thank you, Father, for giving us your word uh, and, and Lord God, and and speaking to us through your word. Lord, we know your word is awesome, powerful, living, and true. And we pray that you would speak to us tonight. Lord, help me as I uh, present the word of God. Holy Spirit, I need your help. Lord, I cannot do this on my own, nor do I want to. I pray for your direction. Your guiding, your leading, may we all be encouraged, equipped, strengthened, and stirred up, uh, Lord God, to share our faith uh, and give us the grace and the anointing to live it out each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. So Paul was writing to Timothy. Uh, who's a young pastor in this scripture. Uh, But I believe what we just read applies to all of us. When he says, work hard at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. And the reason why I believe this scripture applies to all of us because in Mark 16, 15, speaking to his disciples and how many disciples we have in here tonight, Jesus himself says, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. That's pretty clear, right? I remember when I was a youth pastor and we used to, uh, you know, we'd take youth on, on, down on mission trips every year. And, uh, you know, we was always pumping the, the mission trips and talk, asking people to sign up and whatnot. And, and, it, and people would say, well, uh, brother, I'm just praying about whether I should go. And i tell them, you don't have to pray about if you should go. Put that scripture back up, Doug. What does that first word say? Go. Go into all the world. Jesus made it clear we should all go. Now, I would say, now, I understand, maybe pray if this is your season, your timing, that kind of thing. But you shouldn't have to pray about if you should go, right? Right, Brother Mike? Brother Mike we and Kim were full-time missionaries for years. And, I mean, I love missions. I love being a part of a mission-minded church. And so, just just a little plug. I didn't plan on doing this. But if you've never been on a, a mission trip in a foreign country, I strongly recommend that you go on at least one mission trip. One short-term mission trip is just a phenomenal opportunity uh, to present the gospel and preach the gospel to people you've never met. And probably uh, these people will, will probably never see, a lot of them, well, we won't see them again until we get to heaven, right? but it's just a, a powerful uh, experience. You go over there to bless people in a less fortunate third world country, I promise you, you'll probably end up being more blessed than they were or just as blessed when you come back, your life is, is radically changed, you know? So again, we all have a ministry to carry out where we are telling people about the gospel, showing the love of Christ and helping build the kingdom. Would you agree with that? We don't, you don't have to work at a church or have some kind of a title to have a ministry. Yes, he was telling up this young pastor, carry out the ministry God has given you, but we've all got a ministry, right? Right? I was in ministry before I started getting paid to do ministry, right? We were, we all, whether it's at your work, at your school, at your gym, or in this season, at your Christmas gatherings, you can turn Christmas dinner into a mission trip, right? Or your Christmas gatherings into a mission trip. Um, you know, there's many different ways. You can get on a serve team here. That's one of the things about the growth track is that step four of the growth track is we want you to get, a, get on a serve team, some part in, this, in our local ministry here at Family Life where you can help present the gospel. Listen, I said this actually in the last growth track Sunday. Everything we do here at church, we have the mindset of presenting the gospel in some shape or form, right? We're trying to help move people along. Even if we're giving out school supplies, we're cooking wild game for a thousand men, whether we're having a ladies night, whether we're having a special service, everything we do, no matter what, if we're going on serve day and painting, you know, houses and schools and cutting grass and handing out water, all of that is with the gospel in mind. Amen? So I'm going to encourage you, if you're not on a serve team, jump in the growth track. Get involved in some kind of, in, in a serve team. i tell our lobby hosts, when we meet with them, the ushers, i say, listen, every time you open the door, you hand out a bulletin. It might seem like a small thing, but when Pastor Todd preaches, if he gives an altar call and people get saved and their lives get eternally changed, you had a part in winning that soul that day. Amen? Everything we do, whether you 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 bouncing a baby on your lap or taking care of kids in the nursery or children's church, whatever you're doing, everything still comes down. We are a church. We are a lighthouse. And we want to present the gospel. And that's the first step to help people get saved, to come to know the Lord, to get discipled, to get healed, to get set free, to get connected. So as we were praying tonight, marriages get restored. Amen? So. You know, we must be creative at the same time too, especially, again, the holiday season. I'm a, During Christmas, keeping this in mind, we must be creative about telling people about the Lord Jesus Christ. And listen, it's not always with words. You've probably heard me say this, but one of the greatest sayings, and I forgot who said it now, but it, 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 he said, to preach the gospel always and only use words when you have to. Preach the gospel. I'm going to let you let that sink, sink in a little bit. A few people are like, be like huh? preach the gospel always And only use words when you have to. What do you mean by that? Well, let me give you uh, a a few different uh, ways uh, that we can do this. Okay? Tonight's message is entitled, Carry Out the Call. Because he said, fully carry out the ministry God has given you. We're all called to be witnesses, right? In Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. Uh, when Jesus was talking about the Holy Spirit, He said, "You will receive power, and the Holy Spirit comes upon me, and uh, upon you, and you will be my witnesses." We're all called to be witnesses of Christ. So I want to give you a few pra- very practical message tonight. a Few practical ways that you can leave here with tonight, thinking about as you're gathering with your family or just everyday life, how we can help present the gospel. Number one, and, and the most important way, all this must be motivated by love. It's by loving people. You you must be willing to love people in order to win people to Christ. It's got to be motivated by love. I shared a lot of this stuff Sunday uh, uh, or some of this stuff, but I love where Paul says it's the love of Christ that compels me. If you read through, Paul wrote the Apostle Paul wrote most of the New Testament, and, I mean, you can see him winning souls, planting churches, overseeing churches, raising up leaders, going on mission trips, you know, all this stuff he does. And he said, you know, everything that I do is the love of Christ that compels me. He had the love of Christ in him, and he was compelled to love other people. He loved people so much. The love of Christ compels him. You, you, can, you can do this in some very practical ways of speaking of mission trips. I remember one year uh, we were in Nicaragua and uh, we went to nursing homes and, and orphanages. And man, I'm telling you, we, we wasn't laying out scriptures and all that. We just went in some nursing homes and just loved on some elderly people. We went to the orphanages and, and man, just these little kids playing with them and stuff. And man, it was, it was so powerful. All we were doing was loving on the people, right? First of all, there's a huge language barrier. And we, we'd have uh, interpreters, uh, but you know, you didn't have an interpreter with you all the time. So a lot of times you had no idea what they were saying and they had no idea what you were saying, right? They got people in Lafayette that have a hard time understanding me. I knew the people in Nicaragua had a hard time. But we just, but you know what? Love is universal, right? Love is a universal language, especially a, the supernatural love of Christ where you're just loving on people and and, and whatnot. You know, in, in Matthew 25, you know, Jesus says, when you visited those who were sick or who was in prison, he said, you did it for me. You were visiting me when you did that, right? And so, you know, all of this must be compelled by love, one of the easiest way you can show or tell people about Jesus is loving people like Jesus would love them. Is by loving them. It's truly having uh, a, just a, 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 something that compels you that drive. The drive is not because I'm telling you to do it, or Pastor Todd's telling you to do it, but it, but it's a love for people that, that drives you on. Uh, you know, things like nursing orphanages stuff, I believe that's places that Jesus would be today. If if you look around you, there, there's, a, there's a lot of people that need love in your life, that need to just be loved on. People that just, you know, the, the, the first thing they don't need to hear is a scripture or or this and that is they just need to be shown genuine love, right? But would you agree that, that maybe there was somebody in your life that you came to Christ because they genuinely loved you, right? You know, and I know when I first started coming to this church, I could tell people genuinely cared, people genuinely, you know, he cared about me and loved me unconditionally, right? Uh, so don't just show love because it's Christmas time, right? Show the love of Christ all you know, The Bible says that 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 God is love, and that as, as children, we're going to show the love of Christ. So the first and foremost, just think about man, just just loving on people, how we treat people, right? Just the way we we deal with people, we treat. That's why I always say, like, you know, and, if and if you ever did this, then I mean, I'm not trying to knock you but you know you've we've all probably seen people there used to be a guy that for years would do it on the corner of johnson and ambassador and have the big signs kind of the turn and burn signs you know and, and i never really thought that that was an effective way of evangelizing because <laughs> i don't see much love in that it's just a guy with a sign you don't know who he is and all you're doing is reading these messages and and there there wasn't much love in that. There wasn't much, you know, communication that, hey man, look, I love you, Jesus loves you, you know, no matter what. You know, there's a friend of mine that I've reconnected with, grew up with him, and, and you might have this, you know, and this is very simple, and I just thought about it. But every time we talk and you know, he's struggled with some things over the years, and, 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 and I, you know, he's come to church a couple of times and whatnot. But every time I talk to him, of course, you know, after years and years, I used to cuss like a sailor too. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll curse a couple of times while we're talking, and he's always like, oh, I'm sorry, B. And I'm like, man, that's, that's all right. That doesn't bother me, you know. It's not a big deal. You know, just little simple things like that, like, you know, or things that they would do, or when I get around these guys, things that they would do is just like, oh, man, I'm sorry. I should, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You know, it's like, man, I'm trying to let them know, listen, that doesn't bother me. I love you for you. I, I'm not going to love you any less if you start cursing around me, you know? That doesn't, you know, define my love for you. So little simple things, and that's just something, that's very minute, but you know what I'm saying? You get around people and and they think because, oh, well, you a Christian now, or some people even more, oh, you a pastor, so I better not curse in front of the pastor. I always think that's funny because it's like, people are people like, oh, you cursed in church. Like, it's just as bad if you curse out there than if you curse in church, you know? It's the same, you know? But, but that's just a little thing that you show people. It doesn't matter. You know, matter of fact, I, I'll take it one step further. They, they had actually God I was ministering to one time, and he was really going through a hard time. And not only did he, over text message, I was, he was really having, he found out some really bad news, and, 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 you know, he was, he was in a lot of pain. He was hurting a lot. And, uh, not only did he curse me out, but he cursed God out. And he basically said, there's, there's no bleeping God, and, and just was going off. And I just was like, man, I even showed my wife. I was like, how do I respond to this? Like, and I told him, the way I responded was I said, you know what, man, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I said, but there's nothing that you can do or say that's going to make me stop loving you. I love you, brother, and I'm going to be praying for you. And that's how I ended it. And, you know, come to find out he was, you know, he was in a bad spot and, you know, and he was doing some things to cure the pain. And the next day he texted me and just said, look, man. You know, I'm sorry about last night. I love you. Thanks for praying for me, that kind of thing. You know what I mean? But that's that's just an example. Believe me, listen, I don't have it all together all right all the time, but that's just an example that no matter what people do, they got to know that you still love them and you're going to love them. Doesn't mean you have to condone what they're doing or agree with it or all that, but you can still love them. Aren't we glad that Jesus still loved us no matter what we were doing? Or no matter what we do, right? So this is the foundation is loving people. One of the greatest ways you're going to con- you're going to convey the gospel, the true gospel, is out of love. God, so what? What did he do? Love the world that he gave his be only God. That was his motivation, the sin in Jesus, and the cross was love. So that's number one. Number two, another way you can present the gospel is by meeting people's needs, meeting their needs. Acts 30.25 says this, And I've been a, a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Right. So meeting the needs. That's what Serve Day was all about. If you was a part of Serve Day in the summer, heard about it. We just went out. We tried to find the needs of people and just try to meet their needs. If they, they had a need, uh, West Side School needed some painting done. We found out houses needed a, maybe a minor repair, roof changes. or We just tried to meet with nursing homes. They Pastor Brady took a group going to nursing homes and whatever the need. And, and this time I'm just thinking, again, it's Christmas time you know, try to meet the needs. You might have people that you know that maybe a a single mom or somebody lost a job and maybe they just, you know, you have a little extra money, you can just I mean, somebody, you know, just kind of meet the need of, of, you know, buying some gifts for their children or giving them money to buy gifts for their children, right? Maybe they don't have a lot for a Christmas dinner and you can, you can help do that. You know, I, I was blessed. There's, there's actually a lady in the church that, hey, me and my, me and my family want to sponsor somebody. And then, you know, just yesterday I found out about a single mom that, you know, was going through some struggles and three kids and short on their rent and probably doesn't have a lot for gifts and just how God works that out puts it on this lady's heart, you know, the parents' heart, uh to, to help out. And and, you know, it, it's a blessing. You know, that's that's meeting a need, right? And it's how much more if it's for somebody that doesn't know the Lord and say, hey, listen, I know you're struggling. I just want to help you out with your gifts for your kids. And just showing them I mean that the Bible actually says that your gift will make a way for you right? So just that, before you tell them anything about the Bible, Scripture, hey, look, you're just presenting a need in true love. And then if they begin and ask, man, why are you doing this? Well, yeah, I believe this is what the Lord would want me to do. Because Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. You remember we talked about last week. Give giving was God's idea, right? So you use those opportunities, but you do it genuinely in love. You meet the needs. You you might want to go serve food at a homeless shelter. I remember when I first got saved, me and my mom would do that, and it was a humbling thing. Christmas Day, we went serve food at the at the, at the shelter. It was I think it was Christmas, might have been New Year's, I mean Thanksgiving, but I think it was Christmas Day, and just that. When you think about, man, there's people on Christmas Day that don't have families in a home and and don't don't even have food. Food to eat, and they're going to a shelter for their Christmas meal. It might be too late this year, you know, to plan that. Maybe not, but that's powerful for people to take their time to go. And people do it every year and serve at a Christmas shelter. You know, uh, I mean, I serve Christmas dinner at a homeless shelter. You know, that that's meeting a need. You're helping. You're helping the organization out, whatnot. But again, it's combining. You're showing the love of Christ, and you're meeting. A need. You know, Pastor Todd always says it. I've heard him say it for years, and it's still as powerful as the first time I've heard it and said it. But Pastor Todd always says, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Right? When you meet a need, you're showing people that you care. You you know, it's it's good, and we're going to get to that. There's a time to present the gospel and lay out scriptures and the Roman road, if you know it, and all that stuff. But, man, people don't care how much you know. You can know the Bible frontwards and backwards. But if people don't think or know you truly love and care for them, they're not going to want to hear. it. They're not going to want to hear what you're saying So, or hear what I'm saying. So a second practical way to present the gospel is by meeting needs. Pray about it. Think about it. Keep your ears open of maybe your lost relatives or lost uh, co-workers and they might have some kind of need. And I mean, I'm just giving some examples. It could be, man, somebody needs a, you know, a new battery in their car or, or, you know, some kind of, you know, help fixing just something. And it don't have to be just around Christmas time. Just be mindful of those needs, whatever the needs may be. Amen. So those are some very practical ways. The third thing, another is, hey, listen, praying for people. Now you start getting into more spiritual aspect of it, praying for people. First Timothy 2 one says this, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Does it just say just pray for the church people? Does it say just pray for people in your political party? It, oh, no, it says pray for people that you like. That's what it says, right? People that think like you. People that have the same opinion as you. You know what that word all means in the Greek? It means all. It means everybody pray for all people ask God what to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them you know people have needs that we just talked about There's some we can meet practically but there's some needs people have we can't touch them in the natural right we can buy people food and toys and help them out with their cut their grass or rake their leaves but there's some needs isn't that right that, that's why, you know, you see us when we get up here to, for service, that's why I always say, hey, what, what do you need? And I always say, Lord, I don't know their needs because I don't. In a room this size, a church this size, I don't know the needs of everybody. So I, I, there's some needs you probably not want to tell me about. But I know what I can do is I can pray for you, right? I can say, Lord, I don't know, even remotely close to their needs, but Lord, would you touch them? Would you help them, Lord? Would you bless them? Lord, I stand in agreement with them. You know, you can do the same thing. You can you can pray for people and, and offer to pray for them, you know. Um, if you tell people that you're praying for them, it means a lot. Ask them what their prayer needs. And, and listen, this is the keto. If you tell people you're gonna pray for them, then do it. Right? If you if you tell them, hey man, I'm gonna be praying for you. And listen, it, it means a lot. Very, very, very seldom will people turn down prayer. <laughs> My wife's laughing because she knows where I'm going with this already. Very seldom, we had a conference one time and the pastor said, listen, pray for people, pray for people. Nobody's ever going to turn down prayer. Well, We got a neighbor that he's turned me down twice already. So I've tried. I've tried. I saw him at the gas station one day. Hey, man, how you doing? Oh, man. He started telling me a lot of problems was going on. And we was right there at the gas station. So I was like, Hey, you know, hey, Rick, let me pray for me. Can I pray for you? Oh no, man. I mean, I got a lot of people praying for him. It's good, man. I mean, I appreciate it, but you know, he just kind of like, okay, man. No, and I said, well, look, I'm I wanted to lay hands on him and pray for him right there at the gas station. I said, that's okay. I said, Rick, we're gonna be praying for you, man. Okay. So I saw him, you know, he's my next door neighbor. So we have our fence. I saw him a few, you know, a few weeks or months later, and it's like just kind of checking up on him. Hey, man, how's things going? How's things going with your family? Oh, and and he was telling me he was having some some problems too, and you know, some help. I said, man, Rick, can I can I just take a moment right now and pray for you? Uh, no, man. I mean, I appreciate it, but it's you know. And so I said, okay, man, he, they might not let you pray for him right there. So, uh, but hey, just letting them know, listen, I'm going to be praying for him. And he, and he thanked me. Well, man, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. So I got a lot of people praying. But, you know, just, just that, you know, and I just, you know, just continue to love on him. Just continue to tell, you, hey, man, I'm going to be praying for you, right? You know, I mean, hey, that, that's, that's where our relationship's at right now. You know, I'm offering to, to, to pray for them and stuff, but, but if you do that, tell them, you know, pray for them. Listen, and I, I learned this past too. Is like, especially, you know, when you have a lot of people that want you to pray for, a lot of times it's good as if you can pray for somebody right there, then do it. Or if, if even if you're walking off, you might think it's a token prayer, but it's better to lift people up right there, right when you walk away. Cause you, I'm telling you, chance, you're going, if you like anything like me, you're going to forget about it later in the day. So, hey, take a moment and right there lift them up. Now, you, it'd be good to write them down. You might have a little prayer list going. Write them down, praying for them. Listen, y'all, we cannot underestimate the power of prayer. You heard Pastor Scott talk about it Sunday. That's why, again, in, just a, in, in about a month, in, in January 9th, we're going to be kicking off 21 days of prayer and fasting, right? You, there's such power in prayer. And like I said, one of the best things you can do for people, and it opens up, because a lot of of what I'm talking about, presenting the gospel and all this, it's spiritual. You have to break through the spiritual realm. The Bible says the enemy has blinded the minds of the unbelievers. Well, the only way that that veil is going to be lifted off of their mind is going to have to be something supernatural, right? It's a veil in the spirit realm. We can't go and lift it off of them, right? With our hands, but we can pray and ask God to, to lift it off, for God to open up their spiritual eyes. So, you know, this Christmas, one of the best gifts you can give people is to pray for. But find out their prayer needs and, and let them know that you're praying for. I'm telling you, it means a lot to people. It means a lot, you know, and it lead, all this stuff leads up. You begin to pray for them first, right? And you, you build a relationship. We actually, I'm going to keep on plugging the growth track. <laughs> in class two, we talk about some simple steps uh, like I'm doing tonight, but I talked about it so a few other things. And the next one is one of the things we talk about. But, you know, you, you, by loving on people, you got to build a relationship. Let me say that. It's not in my notes, but, you know, you build a relationship with people. You know, uh, uh, relational evangelism is one of the most effective ways. of the, When you build a relationship, everything we're talking about, people know you genuinely care, you love them, you can begin to pray for them, and you, 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 uh, you have more of, of, of an, uh, an opportunity to be effective when you do finally lay out the gospel. Are you all tracking with me? Is this making sense tonight? Okay, I know this is very simple, very practical. I just want to encourage you and stir you up. As Paul said, uh, if you know this and and whatnot, you might be doing this. I love the apostle Paul says, I want to stir you up by way of reminder, and I will continue to remind you until my last days, basically, is what he says. Amen? So the next thing I want to encourage you to do is, listen, share your story. Share your testimony. Everybody loves hearing stories, right? Everybody loves hearing stories. So listen, share your story with people. Share your testimony with people. Again, these things build on each other. You pray for people. And you're praying for somebody that you really want to see come to the Lord. And then you share the story. You know, before, you know, you, you lay out, and I love the scripture I'm about to read. You lay out the, you know, all the, the Roman road or, or, or you know, uh, uh John 3.16 and any of that. Man, when you share your story, people relate to a personal story, right? They relate. To a personal story. You know, me and Jim were talking before, and I know they got some people that going to want to debate you about, you know, the Bible, and is it real, and evolution, and creation. You're going to have all of that. But listen, something happens when you share your story, uh, I love this. This is probably one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and I would say after Jesus' sermons, this guy's sermon is probably, it is my favorite after Jesus' sermons. Jesus had healed a blind man. The Pharisees called him in to question him about, you know, how he got healed and and who was this man that healed him and and all this kind of stuff. Well, this guy was blind, didn't know much about much, about nothing. So he's just like, man, I, you know... I don't really know it. And so we go, you know, just in this verse, I want to read. They were asking him, this man, was he, was he a sinner? We know he's not from God. And there are all these accusations about Jesus. And, uh, so this was his response. They're asking him a thousand questions. And this was the man's response. I love it. John 9, 25 says, I don't know whether he is a sinner. The man replied, but I know this. I was blind. Now I can see. That's all he knew. I was blind, and this man named Jesus touched my life, and now I'm radically changed. I can see now. And he had a personal story. He had a personal testimony of what Jesus did in his life. And now, it is cool if you keep reading, because he does start preaching to him a little bit after. You know, like, a little bit after, he's like, what's funny that you don't know it? And he starts preaching to the Pharisees, kind of rebuking them, and they get all mad, and they throw him out of the synagogue. But I love it, because you know what? It's him sharing his story. He didn't know a whole lot. He wasn't, I mean, the Pharisees, man, they, they, you know, they were the keepers of the law. They were like the, the top dogs, the pastors of pastors. They were the, the spiritual leaders that they knew the law front and back, left and right. And here's this poor beggar that was blind and he just shares his story, you know, and, and it's awesome how the Lord will lead us to certain people to share our story with specific people to share our story with, right? Not just anybody to share our story with, but specific people. Going back to the mission field, we was on a mission trip one time, and there was a young man on the mission trip with us, and he had kidney problems. And we would do like door-to-door evangelism, and we'd go to different houses and just offer to pray for people and, and whatnot and, and share the, the gospel with them. And we would just try to build relationships in a short period of time. And we went to this one house, and this young man we was with had a kidney problem, and he begins to talk to this guy that had problems with his kidneys. And he just began to share his story, how God had helped him through that. Coincidence? I think not. Right? Then later that same day, I think, I know it was the same week we were there. There was another older lady uh, that was there. She's from a different church. And she began to share her mom had diabetes and had her toe cut off. And as she's telling the guy this, the guy said, man, I have diabetes. I've had two of my toes cut off already. Isn't that amazing how just, you know, God was leading certain people to certain random, I say random, but people in a neighborhood were walking through a neighborhood in a foreign country. I don't, I mean, there's no way, that bus left me, I had no idea where I was at, right? I mean, it was, it was, it was, but the Lord had, had strategically laid it out, right? You know, God uses crisis in our lives. When things go on in our life, in our own life, you hear me quoting Second Corinthians 1 all the time. God, you know, is the God of mercies, a merciful father and a source of comfort. He comforts us in our times of troubles so we can comfort others in their time of need. When you share your story about how, how God has helped you and blessed you and healed you, what you do is you give people hope. You know, sometimes for a while, I mean, obviously, you know, ministering on a regular basis, I share my testimony a lot. Up here on a Sunday morning, or here in the growth track, or wherever, in the youth when I would preach, and I, 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 for a while I started thinking, like, man, they're probably getting tired of hearing my testimony, hearing my story, but it never fails. Every time, especially like on a Sunday morning where we have larger crowds here, it never fails. I have people come up to me after the service and say, "Man, thank you for sharing that. I'm struggling with drugs and alcohol right now." And what it does, it gives people hope. You know, the, and and that shows you they don't, they can't remember a scripture. That I shared, they probably couldn't tell you one of my points, but what they remember is my story. And my story encourages them and gives them hope. Like, man, you're up there now, you're preaching, you're you're on stand, Man, you were you a pill head and a pothead just like me. You were an alcoholic. Yeah, man, just like you. And guess what? God saved me. I heard the gospel. People showed me love. I got connected to the church. I got discipled. God set me free. And man, look, I still am blown away that I'm here today, right? But what I did was, like I said, they didn't remember anything else of the sermon, but they remembered my story. You can share your story. You ever heard the the saying that people can argue the Bible with you, but they can't argue with your testimony, right? Now, people have tried. They'll try, but they can't. I had a, a buddy of mine I used to paint with for 11 and we used to run together and, you know, we would drink and drug together and then I got radically saved and went back to work and was witnessing the people sharing my testimony and stuff and, 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 and oh man, why are you not smoking no more? Why are you not drinking? Why are you not? I said, well, man, cause I got saved and God, God delivered me. He took that from me, man. I don't, I don't do no more. And one guy was like, oh man, God didn't do that. You just decided to do that. I said, look, hey, listen. I tried for many years to quit, believe me. Forced like, hey, you got to take a drug test, you're on probation, kind of you better quit. And I still didn't quit, right? I realized, hey, you, you have to get a drug test, and if you fail, you're going to lose your job. I mean, I tried everything. It wasn't until I, I come to Christ. You know, so people really can't argue with your testimony. I would just kind of like the, the, the blind man that could see. Say, well, man, listen, all I know is this. I was like this. I was blind. Now I can see, right? You can share your story. You can share your story. Tell people, I mean, how did? How was your life before? How did you come to know Christ, right? And be sensitive. Be sensitive to the Spirit's leading. He'll lead you. It's amazing how he'll lead you to certain people like these people in this mission trip, specific needs, and they were able to share their story, right? Okay. The next thing is, just got a couple more, and we're going to wrap it up. And this, you know, invite people to a service or an event that we have here at church. You know, that's a way that you can present the gospel. You know, they're, they're, listen, listen. Matthew 9, uh, 9 through 11. L- look at the scripture. It says, as Jesus was walking alone, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. L- now look at this. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner's guests, as l- along with many ca- tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. You see what happened there? Matthew made a decision to follow Christ, and then Matthew said, mm, I got a bunch of tax collector buddies that need what I got. So I'm going to invite Jesus over to my house for dinner, but I'm going to invite my buddies over too. Him and his disciples, I'm going to have a little, quote-unquote, event at my house, and I'm going to invite my lost friends to come on over. Matthew, at that point, he wasn't even trying to explain everything about Jesus and the gospel. He's like, I just need to get people where Jesus is at. Amen. That's another way that you can present the gospel. Listen, we always have events here. Obviously, we have three services a week here. Wednesday, two services on Sunday. We have live groups all through the week. Man, you can invite people to come. And and I heard a pastor say it this way, and it's so true. Listen, there's there's things that that y'all can do that we can't do as, as a staff, as a church staff, pastoral staff. What do I mean by that? Well, there's friends and family you know that we don't know. And even if we would know them, we won't be able to influence them like you'll be able to influence them. Now, there might be some of those same friends that we don't know. They might have a hard time receiving something from you, or you might not know exactly how to articulate or certain questions you may have. Well, listen, you know, we can work together as a team. There's people that you can invite we'll never meet, and you can bring them to church, and we can present the gospel to them, right? And, you, you know, and, and we can, maybe they have questions. They can come up, and we'll do our best to answer our questions, right? We, we can work together as a team. So listen, let me plug the, the, the Christmas Eve service again next weekend. This is a special event, some special services. Some people, again, I said it last week, but I'm going to keep saying it. You know, some people only go to church Christmas and Easter, so I just want to encourage you. And maybe you have. Maybe you, anybody here, let me see your hands. Just Maybe already you've invited somebody to church next Saturday that they don't know the Lord. Okay, a couple people, a couple people raised their hand. Well, rest of you, I want to I just challenge you and encourage you. If you haven't already, man, you know, you might have family coming in from out of town and say, man, you know what? Some people, they, they and they might like that. Oh, Christmas, candlelight service, you know, that, that that sounds fun. That sounds warm. That sounds cute. Maybe some might say that sounds kind of dangerous. Y'all can set my hair on fire, you know. they might, They might not want to come because of that. But listen, uh, it's a special event. It's a special some special services. So that's one of the ways. Just as Matthew, and you know, some people call that he had a you know have a Matthew party. Have a have you know invite people where Jesus is at. So listen, you know when you come here, right? You sense the presence of God, right? In worship, you sense God's presence in here. Listen, sometimes it's just getting people in God's presence. Invite him to come. Pastor Todd's going to be presenting the gospel, sharing the Christmas story. We're going to have anointed worship. So I just want to encourage you. This Sunday, I mean, hey, invite him to service this Sunday. And, and I'll say this. Um, just because people tell you no many times don't mean that they'll change their, their, their mind later. Now, I'm not saying, let me make this clear. I'm not saying continue to hound people till they come to church. What I'm saying is that if you inv- extend an invitation, remember, we can kind of recap everything else. If you extend an invitation in genuine love and they know you love them, you care about them, you're trying to, you're praying for them, you're trying to reach their needs, you know, eventually when people are going through a hard time or to get to that place, they'll remember that invite to church. You know how I know that? Because you're looking at one of the people that did. My mom would invite me to come to church often. And I came once in a while, and I, I feel bad even say there's times where I'd ask my mom Mother's Day. Mom, what you want for Mother's Day? And, you know, her answer was, baby, all I want is for you to come to church with me. And I'm like, man, anything else? Like, I'll spend $100 on you, Mom. Anything can, like, you want to, like, a, I don't know, some jewelry or something? I just want you to come to church. And there was times that I told her I was coming and I didn't. I feel horrible for that. But there's times I didn't. But, you know, the night that I got saved, when I walked this aisle and came almost to this spot, exact spot right here, my mom didn't invite me to church that night. There, I was at a crossroads in my life, and one of my good friends' mom had died, and I was just at a point where I was like, I was done. I was sick and tired, and it just it hit me that night. And I asked her to come to the wake with me, and uh, and I knew it was Wednesday, and I asked her, I said, Mom, are you going to church tonight? And she's like, I sure am. I was like, would you mind if I come with you? And of course, she said, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, and, I, that, and that night, I can tell you where I was sitting, on the side of the sound booth over there. But the night I got saved, my mom didn't invite me. But I, she invited me many other times, and I knew she was coming to this church. And that night, I was ready, and I heard the gospel preached. I walked down this aisle, and my life has been forever changed. Amen? So don't get discouraged. If people you invite don't come. Amen? Don't don't be discouraged. Hey, they might not come now. It might be, you know, weeks, months, could even be years. But people will remember. You know, people will remember that you invited them to church. And, again, if you show genuine love with them, you know, if you're acting crazy with them, they might not want to come to your church. But if you show genuine, of course, I knew my mom genuinely loved me. I had met, I came and met with Pastor Todd, and man, he showed me genuine love. I had questions out of my ears, and he he answered all my questions. When I would come here, I I felt really, I felt loved. I felt people were genuine. I wanted what the people had, you know, here. So if you show genuine love, you know, people are going to realize, hey, this is a lighthouse. This is a refuge. I want what these people want. And all that stuff was going on in me. So that night, I wasn't invited, but I remember the invites. I remember coming here. And that's where my eternity changed and my life changed. Amen? And then the final thing is, you know, eventually we do have to preach the gospel. Amen? Eventually you got to lay the gospel. Now, when I mean preach, I don't mean, thus saith the Lord. And, you know, it means to pro- preach means to proclaim. Now, it, your volume don't have to be as high. You can, you can preach the gospel in a quiet, soft conversation, right? You know that, right? You know, the Bible says to preach the gospel, but it means to proclaim, to explain. Look, Second Timothy 4.2 says, preach the word of God, be prepared whether the time is favorable or not. And that's why I want to end with this, is that you need to be prepared so that when the Lord gives you the opportunity, you'll be ready. And that's part of why I've spent, you know, really two weeks just encouraging you, uh, you know, more, more so tonight, you know, that just to be ready, be open. As Pastor Todd say, have your spiritual antennas open. Be open that, listen, the Lord might give you an opportunity tonight. You might stop at the grocery store tonight and the Lord can give you an opportunity. You just never know. You know, tomorrow, this weekend, maybe around Christmas, the holidays, you never know. Listen to Colossians 4, 5, and 6 says, look, I love this scripture. Live wisely. Among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Don't you know he he in the context he was talking about make the most of every opportunity amongst non believers. Right? You see that? Now we gotta live wise again, that's why I'm just giving you some practical things. Use wisdom. And and the Bible says in Proverbs, He who is wise wins souls. So we gotta use wisdom, but we gotta make the most of every opportunity because the truth is you might only get one opportunity with a certain person you might only get one opportunity with, with, you know, uh, with people. I mean, there's been so many times where, you know, I remember where we're sitting at a restaurant and we're just being nice to the waiter or the waitress. And, and I remember one time we were in a restaurant and as actually I was a youth pastor and I was with my team and we were in a restaurant having a leadership meeting and, and, and we were like the last ones in there. We were just, you know, talking business, having fun fellowship and eating. And when the, after we had ordered our food came, uh, And we blessed the food. And like nothing, the waitress came up and we had blessed the food. Didn't think nothing about it. It was probably almost two hours later when she came back to give us our ticket. She said, that was a beautiful prayer y'all prayed earlier. Wide open opportunity, right? We just started loving on her. We started, what church are y'all part of? Man, we just started witnessing to her, you know? Just from that one prayer that she heard two hours earlier and didn't say nothing about two hours later and there was not a lot of people left, nobody left in there. Just make the most, little things like that, right? Make the most out of every opportunity. Um, You know, there's some people's, Again, there's like we talk about meeting these. There's some things in people's lives that we can't do anything about, but we can tell them about the one who can do something about it, right? right. Like I said, we might not never see this girl again, but if you just try to make the most of every of opportunity, again, live wisely amongst unbelievers. If you think about before you got saved and you knew the Lord, what are maybe some of the things that turned you off about Christians? I know this is going to be kind of uncomfortable talking about this, but we're all family, right? You know things that might have turned you off. You know, I remember like my brother. I remember my brother. There was things he was trying. God bless him. He was trying his hardest. But I remember he would do things that I remember. I was trying to read the Bible one day, and 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 he was witnessing to me. And I was, and I remember he just said something that was kind of harsh. He's like, "Well, reading the Bible ain't gonna get you saved." And I'm like, "Well, fine." Then I I'm, I'm done. You know, like I mean, he he was trying to witness, but he did it in a harsh kind of way that was just kind of turned me off. So that's why the Bible says to live wisely amongst unbelievers as you pray for people pray that god gives you wisdom moving forward lord how do you want me because it's not sometimes people are ready and wide open you know people are you gotta look at it this way people are different steps in their in their in their life of how close they are to the lord you know I, I would that night i walked down this aisle i was there i was i was knocking on the door but you know two years even a year earlier i wasn't there yet i wasn't ready I wasn't ready to respond to the gospel message. So that's why we have to use wisdom and see, hey, where is somebody at? It's like a scale. Where, where is somebody at? You want to try to move them along that scale. Does that make sense? If like one, you know, is 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 like losses as a goose in high weeds and ten is like, I'm ready for Jesus. You got to use wisdom and see, hey, wh- where are they at? And ask God to, because it, it just might just be, hey, just just straight be nice to people. That may be all. Some people, they... Their co-workers, their family members, nobody's nice to them. They just want people to be nice and smile. You know, your first step of evangelism might just be smiling. I'm being honest. Like, I know this seems like, come on, Brandon, you're crazy. But I'm serious. You know, a a smile can just warm up the room, right? You know, some people, (laughs) I just thought of this. Somebody would say, you know, some people have the personality where they light up the room whenever they walk in, right? And then there's other people, they light up the room when they walk out, Right? You, you want to be the person that lights up the room when you walk in, right? And sometimes it's just a warm smile and just loving on people. So again, use wisdom, ask the Lord to give you wisdom and see where they're at and just, hey, just, you're trying to move them alone, right? And, and let me say this and then I'm going to close it up. You know, uh, I used to have the pressure when I'd hear messages like this, I would have the pressure like, man, if I present the gospel and people don't get saved, I felt like I failed. I'm just gonna be with you. I feel like, man, like I, I couldn't close the deal. You know, maybe I've been working on them. I've been praying for him. I've been trying to move them along that scale. And finally, I presented the gospel, and they were just like, "No, nah, I'm good. I'm cool. I don't, I don't need that right now." It's like, man, and I always felt burdened. But you know, as you look at the scriptures, and and, and I don't have time, to, you know, to to get into all of that. But you know, the Bible says, the Apostle Paul says that one waters. One plants, one waters, but it's the Lord that brings the increase. All these scriptures I use tonight, from when I start to even right now, the Bible says, and Jesus said, preach the gospel. You go and you present the gospel to people. You know, people actually getting saved, that's the Lord's job, right? So our part is to present the gospel, to love on people. And it's it's something supernatural that happens when somebody comes to Christ. So for years, I was under a burden that like, man, if I didn't close the deal, if I didn't win them, if they didn't accept Jesus, if they didn't say the sinner's prayer, then man, I, I must have failed. I must not be doing this right. But then I, as you start studying the scriptures and, and you start understanding, listen, my job is to present it to you. My job is to love on people to be available for them, to meet needs, to, to present the gospel. And if, if they don't accept it, okay, well, that's that's them, and, and the Lord's going to continue to work on them. Does that make sense? Because you, there might, I just sense there might be some people in here tonight, as you hear a message, you're like, yeah, I've been doing that, but like nobody's gotten saved. I hadn't led anybody to the Lord yet. Listen, get out from underneath that burden. Our job is to present it. The Lord said it's his job to save them, right? It's something supernatural that happens. I always say it. Being born again is the greatest miracle that can take place on the earth. It's something supernatural. Jesus said it. Just like the wind comes and goes and you don't know, just as you can't explain how people become born again. It's something supernatural. So, again, there are people dealing with all kinds of things around us. We must let them know that Jesus loves them, can save them, and can set them free. Amen? Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me. The best way to tell, to show people that, that people will know that Jesus loves them is by, again, us showing them that he loves them. Again, all this got to be motivated in love, right? I want to read one more scripture before we pray kind of turn the corner a little bit, because you might be in here tonight, and as I'm talking about presenting the gospel, and, and, and this is this is a message for for, for for the believers, for those of us that are born again, those of us that are saved, those of us that have accepted the gospel and God has changed, but, you know, you might be in here tonight, and, and you might, you know, you might not understand what I've been talking about, you might not know, know what I mean by that, uh, know what I mean by the good news and preaching and the gospel and witnessing and all this kind of stuff, you know. The Lord has promised us good things for those that, that believe. As I, I, I referenced earlier, John 3.16 is basically the Bible in a nutshell. And it says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. What do you mean by perish? You mean we'll never die? Well, we're all going to die physically unless the Lord comes get us. But He means that word perish means like for eternity. Because when we die... We're going to one place or another. It's either heaven or hell. And and Hebrews 4, 1 and 2 says this about God's promises. He said, God's promise of entering his rest still stands. That's an eternal rest he was talking about forever and ever. He said, so we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. What he's saying is that some people, not everybody's going to experience eternal life. For this good news, the message that God wants to save us has been announced to us just as it is to them. So I've been talking to the church tonight about announcing the good news to others, but you know what? You know, maybe, maybe tonight you're sitting in here tonight or standing here and you say, hey, you know, what you're talking about, I've never experienced. You might say, Brandon, I'm not sure if I would experience God's eternal rest, spending eternity in heaven with the Lord. You might say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm, I'm right with God. Just do me a favor. If everybody would just bow your head for a minute and close your eyes. And, 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 and as I've been talking about this, it, it's good news. And in order to have good news, there has to be bad news. And, and the bad news is, is that we've all sinned, the Bible says, and fall short of God's glory. The good news, again, is that God loved us so much, he sent his son, Jesus. Again, we celebrate the birth of Jesus at Christmas, but he sent us in Jesus to be born, to die on the cross so that he can take our place and take our penalty and punishment for our sin. That's the good news. The bad news is if we don't accept Christ, we'll spend eternity separated from hell. So if you'd say, Brandon, you know, I haven't really understand much what you're saying tonight. I might be one of those people like you were that... that, Know that I, I, I need to get right with God. If you would say tonight, Brandon, I'm not sure if I'm a Christian. I'm not sure if I'd, tonight would be my last night, if I would make it to heaven, if I would, my soul would be at rest for eternity. If you say, Brandon, I'm not 100% sure, but I want to be sure. I want to get my life right with God. I want to be saved. If that's you, I want you to just slip up your hand, and I want to pray for you. If there's anybody in here tonight, I, just, I, wanna, I always want to give the opportunity and say, hey, you know what? I want you to be right with the Lord. Is there anybody here that says, Brandon, I need to be saved? I- I'm not sure I'm right with God. It's just going to take a minute. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. All right. Thank you, Lord. I always, I never want to close a service without giving somebody an opportunity. Well, praise God. We thank the Lord for that. Again, there's, there's no pressure. I just want to make sure. Thank you, Jesus. Well, good. Well, amen. Well, for, for, since, you know, hopefully everybody in here is saved. Now, come on, let me just pray over you again and, 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 and just as a, uh, just as an encouragement. To, to, for us to be as much of a light and a love as we can i know this is this is uh something we've been talking about for a couple weeks but if you say brandon you know i want to i want to be that strong witness i want to be a light i, I want to show genuine love to people if that's you just lift your hands and i want to pray a blessing over you i want to pray god's impartation over you father i pray that you would just impart just a strong anointing lord god a strong anointing for soul winning lord god a strong anointing lord god to love on people that lord god it's not because of our words or how much of the Bible we know but Lord I pray people would be drawn to you because of our love for them Lord even you said in your word that it was your kindness that led us to repentance Lord let us have that same kindness towards others and the same love towards others that draws people to you that they would want to turn away from their sin and the darkness of the world into the love and the light of Jesus because of our lifestyle what they see what they hear Lord and our love for them Lord give us a great anointing Lord God to, to be a witness, Lord, just as you promised in Acts chapter 1, that your power would come upon us and that we would be your witnesses, Lord God, all over the the world, all over our lives, all over our sphere of influence. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, may the power, the love, and the anointing of Jesus fill and flood our hearts. May we have compassion for people and not overlook for you. Help us to make the most of every opportunity. Give us wisdom to live wise amongst unbelievers. And I pray, Lord, that you would be glorified in our lives Each and every day, give us the grace and the strength to to carry it out, Lord, to carry out the call. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. All right, well, God bless y'all.